Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast, episode 118. That is 118 people, and you know we're going to talk about Judgment Day. Clippers, Lakers, the game is over. Drew and I are going to give you our takes on the game. Bonzo Ball, the last five games, the guy's looking like a superstar. He's turning into everything that Drew and I thought he was going to be. And the beef between Draymond Green and Charles Barkley, I am going to give you numbers that is going to put this whole debate to rest. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me. Didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, broadcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast. Episode 118. Yep. 118. 118. The Westbound. Old, the old roads that we drive. Those, I mean, that's back in the day. That's our freeway right there. That is, that's the main freeway that I, that I drove. I tell you what, I remember the first time I actually got to a speed that was really exciting in my very first car when I was 16. It was on the 118, uh, heading westbound towards Simi Valley mm-hmm. and that little strip from Topanga Canyon to Simi I was uh it's like kind of hilly it goes up in the up the hills and I was uh driving recklessly Mama Miller if you're listening to this no it was fun was, you know, it's like it, one of those coming of age moments where you, you're in your car and you're like I'm not really supposed to go over 80 miles an hour well, how, how fast were you going I was in 90s do you remember uh uh, Biggie's Biggie's verse 160 swiftly yes that one uh, I was in Renz s600 yeah and we went 160 oh my god in the bands and i've never you, gone that fast dude homie and you don't even feel like it it's well, like no, it's the, like you're, the engine is the manual, v12 it's made for that right it's like and what i'm it's supposed to do it's bro the i'm the most defensive driver you've ever met in your life i i ride in that slow Wait, lane you know i'm i'm not like no that. you are the worst i mean you get us everywhere fast <laughs> And you are reckless with it. Drew is the guy that rides in the in the carpool lane solo. I will, you do this often. I will do it. Well, now we're, now I'm going to get a run of bad streaks here. But I've been doing it <laughs> when I need to. I've been doing it when I need to. I, I, you know, San Diego to, to San Clemente, sometimes i got to slide in that carpool lane. Let me tell you, being a defensive driver helped me yesterday when I blew my tire on the freeway. Yeah. I ride the slow lane. Yeah, no, it was good because you were right there. I was right there, pulled right pulled off. Pulled right over. Not even a problem, dude. <laughs> not. I, I, it, was a, it was a rough day yesterday. Yeah, I'm glad but, you're all right, though, dude. Thanks, man. My tire ain't. Right. And, and let me advise everybody here that's listening to us don't ever buy 24s for your car or truck (laughs) i've spent more money on tires 
then I could probably, if I had a child going to USC, yeah. I could pay for one semester. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On, with the amount of tires that you. Never buying 24s ever again. Okay. <laughs> they look dope. Don't they let do. it fool you. They do look they dope. They do. They're they so fit, sick. They fit your truck nicely. Uh, okay. We got to get into this. We weren't able to watch the Clipper Laker game, Judgment Day, together because of the BS. If you listen to the, to the, uh, to the load management load pod, management. I explained why we couldn't watch together, and it's BS. I had a very enjoyable Sunday. <laughs> you did. How did you do? Like, my Sunday was was glorious. I'm glad. Can you not rub it in though? It was Drew? great. I had like my girl and I found this new breakfast spot Ooh, down the street we hadn't tried before. I had some chilaquiles. Oh, nice. Which were bomb as fuck. Mm-hmm. Get get back to the crib. Turn on the game and man, w- were we not disappointed? This I'm gonna was, let I'm gonna let you great... take this away first. Okay, this go. Was, this was a great game. This Ooh. is everything I wanted out of the game. Obviously, the Lakers with a win is what makes it that great of a game for me. But even still, like, the the competitive back and forth that happened in this game was perfect. Before the game, you and I were both in agreement that we think if, if things go according to plan, uh, Paul George and Kawhi will kind of cancel out LeBron and AD on a scoring level, and that's exactly what happened. This game was back and forth. But I'll, I'll say it right now. The first and foremost, this game was about Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, if we also said that we knew that because LeBron and AD and Paul George and Kawhi would probably kind of cancel each other out, it was going to be the result of one of those X-Factor guys as to pr- pretty much who was going to win this game. And for the Lakers, luckily, Avery Bradley had the game of his, of the season. 24 points is a season high. He only had 21-point season total uh, season high this, this year thus far before that game. Um, and he was the reason that we won this game, hands mm-hmm. down. I mean, him in the third quarter, when we were not getting good looks outside of his threes and we were not scoring very much, he was he was what made the difference for us. So um, I think the big picture stuff that I take away from this game is that the matchup that, that we were all really intrigued with, with your kind of small ball five with Trez at the five and then our small ball five with AD at the five, um, the matchup really kind of in this game leaned our way. Anthony Davis was doing pretty much anything he wanted on, on the offensive end. Uh, you had no matchups for LeBron. Kawhi could not stop him. Uh, Paul George could not stop him. We were running our offense beautifully to get them in pick and roll situations to get LeBron free. This was the perfect win for the Lakers. This was a statement game, judgment day. We call it whatever we want to call it. But I, you know, I said this going in, th- this is a must win game for the Lakers. And we treated it that way. Um, the, our defensive intensity impressed me um, at times when when the Clippers really were starting to make some runs. I mean, you guys were up by nine points in the first half, and we had to claw our way back, and then and then finally did that in the fourth. Um, but Avery Bradley, bro, you're the hero. That's so. That's basically the. It's basically what I'm going to say too, and it's funny because I have I've got about four pages of notes. Right, my first page of notes is literally me watching the game, taking the notes down. While I'm drinking vodka. Yeah. Okay. While I'm doing my, my cocktails. Yes. And I just like to, during these kind of games, I like to write down things that I think will be important. Yes. So before I get into my main notes, like the first thing I wrote down was Morris on AD, right? Yep. And it was, I said tough because they're both talking in parentheses. Like it started off with both of them jabbing at each other, which I really liked. And then the next thing is Avery Bradley. He had cookies on Pat. Yes. And then he got a technical foul. So I want to bring this up, though. Like, the refs were calling text really quick. Way quick and then not consistent Exactly. Yeah. And if you were listening to the broadcast, and I kind of totally agree with Jeff Van Gundy on this, just staying consistent with technicals. It can't be based on your personality, right? Like, there was one play where Pat Bev was in LeBron's LeBron's After a free throw. Yeah. Yeah, fouled him. But no tech. Right. You know, and then A.B. Bradley has a really great cookie on Pat. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything, just looked at him. Stared at him. I knew from the beginning that this was going to, they were going to be calling that shit. And it was really high emotional. This was a very intense game for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Then I got Paul George with with, uh, exclamation points. He was on fire in the first On fire. Loved it. And then I'll get into the other notes in a second. But I want to bring up my take from this game. Sure. Because, of course, I once I turned on my phone. And I got the, it was like 55 text messages, our group chat, and then people from all over. A lot of Laker fans came out with it, with some real sideways shit to me. You know, fuck the Clippers. It's obvious. You know, your rent's due on the first at Staples. I'm like, yo, chill. Just what you said. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was mm-hmm. going to be a great game. Okay. Yeah. Um, am I disappointed we lost? Yeah, because we could have won that game. If it takes Avery Bradley having 24, is it 24? 24 points. Right. To win the game, 
I get it. Then I'm looking at Marcus Morris, right? It's like 0 nothing. for 10. 0 for 10. What a terrible performance. It was a horrible performance, yes. okay? Uh, he got good looks. He did. We he got taking good shots. Taking good shots. They didn't fall. Okay. You give me three they or four close. of those. They were bad. They no, were, there, he, they okay. were bad shots. I, I, he was taking the shots he should have been taking. Yeah. There was two of his 10 forces or two of his 10 shots that I he felt. He had nine, nine shots total. I thought it was he was 0 for 10. 0 for 9. Okay, 0 for 9. Yeah. Two of those nine I felt were way too quick. And he shouldn't have pulled him. Okay? 0 for 7 from 3. So that's mostly he got open threes. Yes. And he was j- clanking them they all over the falling. place. They weren't falling. Um, and only got six rebounds. So that's, I would say, like, overall, that's just a very underwhelming performance. And that 29 like, minutes, one point, yeah. 0 for 9 field goals, 0 for 7 threes. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Avery Bradley, 9 for 17, 6 for 12 threes. Um, I guess if you if you talk about it from a point, well, if Avery Bradley's going to beat us, then let him beat us. Okay? Sure. And obviously, I and again, I like Avery Bradley. I was explaining to somebody today, like, there's literally not one player on the Lakers that I don't like. Avery Bradley was a Clipper. Loved him as a Clipper. It was like two years ago. Yeah, but he still does. And we went through the same things with Avery. Avery would have a really great oh, game yeah. and then a really bad game. In the previous game, I don't think he had any points. I think he had like two points in the previous game and five points in the game before that. Him and Danny Green are kind of the same way, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I felt that the Lakers needed needed this win more than the Clippers, just being that Definitely. they're on this tear right now. Um, like the, the front of the L.A. Times the following day was like LeBron with the loudest roar, right? And I get it, okay? The media, and we all want to hype this up as like a, it's a big game. What I'm saying is this is exactly what fans wanted, right? If this was a Laker route of 30, I would feel I'd be scared. Well, okay? yeah, if you guys were fully healthy and we routed yes. you, yes, that would be, this is not something for you to be scared of because this was, this was a winnable it, game it for was, you guys. Totally. And if yeah. there's a better, if there's a little better game from, from Morris, if Kawhi did a little better, Paul George did everything he could have. Yeah. Um, I, I want to bring something up though that I was a little shook on. There was about a five-minute stretch, Drew, where the squad that we had in, which I did not like as soon as it came in, it was Reggie, Lou, Sham, Trez, and Morris. Okay? Yeah, that was a rough squad. It's Well, I, I like the squad, not against the Lakers. No. I feel that in these games, and I think it will happen within the playoffs, is Paul George or Kawhi needs to be on the floor at all, at times. all times. Yes, okay? absolutely. Now, Reggie, Lou, Sham, and I want to say something to the Lakers, to, to, to applaud the Lakers. They weren't going to let Lou score. Correct. They played amazing defense on Lou. We were face guarding Lou Williams the entire time that he was in the game. We had either Rondo, Avery Bradley, or KCP face guarding him the whole time, especially when he was the the one that was running the the scoring for your second unit. Which I thought we that's that's beautiful. We came in with a game plan. We executed the game plan. And it fucking worked. We held him to seven points, and he only got seven shots. Uh, he took 11 shots on three of 11. All 11 shots were difficult shots. I agree. Yeah. Um, the other one, and I thought this was <laughs> in my notes, and this is going to go with Shamit too, but Caruso played six minutes, right? And unfortunately, for whatever reason, they put Caruso on Paul George. And as soon as Caruso was in the game, I'm like, yo, they need to pull him real quick because this is not the right game for him to be in. Six minutes, he got it was it was horrible. Six minutes from from Caruso. He wasn't that bad. I mean, he did. Wait, what is he supposed to do? He he tried his best to guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But there's a reason why. He, my whole point was there's a reason why there was only six minutes played. Same thing with Zub. If yeah. you look at Zub's minutes, yeah, and he played really well in the beginning. Eight, eight minutes for eight. oh no, it was for Zubak. It yeah. was uh, thirteen minutes. Thirteen. Yeah. Okay. And again, he played really. He played well. He had what eight points, seven points, six points, something like five points, seven rebounds. That on active. One of four shooting, three of four from the line. What I liked about Zub though is he was contesting everything that AD was putting up. In my notes as well, as I, I I wrote down like how 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 fluid and how great Anthony Davis face up game. The jab step pull up yep. is something that you really can't guard when you're six eleven or seven feet, whatever you want to call Anthony Davis. But Zubak was uh, – He was trying. He was trying, and he was there. <laughs> yeah. and I, I liked Same it. Same thing with with Marcus Morris. They were trying. They like, were there. It, it's a it's a difficult matchup for everyone on your team, including Montrez Harrell, and, and I think AD kind of tried to uh, impress that point upon everybody watching in that game. During the matchup with Montrez, he was, he was definitely wanting the ball, trying to force the issue and, and establish that, you know, the, the kind of the, the storyline that Trez is causing him problems isn't something that should be – uh, still perpetuated. Like he, he really was trying to make that point. He was great. He's he was, AD. He was great in this game. Um, but know, he also like after he hit a couple jab step jumpers, he started doing pull, it. pulls it up from three. Yeah. There was an air ball in there. Like, exactly. And every time he shot a three, yeah, he can shoot it. 
the difference with AD and with I don't know if all of our listeners know or not, but like he was raised a point guard. The guy grew nine inches from sophomore to junior. Yeah, to he was going to be like year. a D three point guard going into like his junior year. Right. That was kind of the level that he was playing at, and then he sprouted and became a six eleven guy. So he had overnight. those he had those point guard skills early. It's like the difference. Like Shaq was never a point guard, right? He always you know he was always big, always big, knew his role, right? And this is why AD is so good. You know he can he can do a lot of different things. And yeah, Clippers don't necessarily have the rim protection for him, which we don't. Correct. Uh, Noah's going to help us out with that a little bit. Yeah. What I took away, one of the other things I took away from the game is like if this is if this is going to be the matchup in the Western Conference Finals, which I think the NBA, the media, the fans want to see, it's going to be draining for both fucking teams, right? Like physicality, exhausting. Yeah. exhausting. Yeah. And as great as AD and as great as LeBron and as great as Kawhi and Paul George are, like, yo, that's going to be exhausting going against, going against these guys so much. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I mean, because LeBron, LeBron had to guard Kawhi sometimes. He had to guard uh, Paul George sometimes. And he was as about, about as locked in was. defensively in that game as I've seen in years. What I don't Kawhi's numbers? Uh, Kawhi put in most of his work in the fourth quarter. He's getting a line a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up with 27 points, two rebounds, no assists. Right. On 9 of 18, very efficient uh, from the floor, and 7 of 8 from the free throw line, uh, but was only 2 of 9 from 3. Um, really, you know, both teams shot poorly from 3 in this game. And that was kind of the storyline. Is that it was it was definitely more of like a physical game than it was like the pretty earn you know, your shots, shooting earn a lot your of buckets. Shots. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, w- it really was. Everyone was playing all out defensively, and so yes, we were having those those moments where guys would be open, and you're used to open guys hitting threes. But what you're not used to is in the third quarter you're tired because your ass has been playing hard defense for three quarters and your legs aren't the same as you expect them to be. And I think a couple guys, I mean, Danny Green had zero points in this guy in, in this game. Patrick Beverly had two points in this Ugh. game. Rondo and, and uh, Markeith Morris only had four points in this game. You know, so it wasn't like the prettiest the, it wasn't the prettiest game like 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 we see now where it's all these threes and corner threes and guys are just hitting both teams shot below 30% from three for this game. I've, and that's I think kind of going to be how this is. This series is going to come down to like If we get the series, well, well, we all hope we get the series. It's pretty clear to me that we are one and two in the west and then there's a big disparity. I mean, we've talked about this a lot this season mm-hmm. and at some, and at times it's been muddled a little bit because the Clippers you know, were, were injured throughout this year and they weren't the definitive number two seed the whole season. But the talent-wise, team-wise, coaching-wise, at this stage, it's pretty crystal clear that there's you, there's the Clippers and the Lakers, and then everybody else in the West is trying to drag their feet and get to the, to the three and four seed. But it doesn't seem like it matters. The one thing that I see that are very similar between the Clippers and the Lakers is that one of my notes was the Lakers are limited without James playing in the half court like limited offensively without James playing in the in the half court and that kind of goes for the same way with us like if Paul George or Kawhi isn't with our this this goes back to what I was saying with Reggie and Lou and Sham and Trez and Markeith or Marcus Morris like if we don't have one of our superstars in it's kind of like okay well if Lou's not hitting well then what okay and And that's and that's exactly what we did we I think we wanted to see what your system looked like without that guy touching the ball I, I think Doc did too and he didn't let that 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 group run a lot because like I've seen with Shamit, and I'm a big Shamit fan. I've been talking about him all year. There are certain games where Shamit looks like a deer in headlights. That was one of them. And I'm going to keep I keep it real with everybody. I'm going to say, like, yo, I wanted him pulled really quick. First of all, I think I, I kind of side with Sham on this. Like, it's hard for you to be, a, you know, coming off the bench as the seventh man and then starting as the two and now being deep in on the bench and then being brought in to play 30 minutes one night. Um, I think it's really difficult, but guess what, kid? This is what you're going to have to adjust to well, in the NBA. Eventually, he's just not going to play anymore. I mean, if, that's that's what's going to happen. Like, if he continues on this, like, unsure of himself, lack of confidence, uh, he was 0 of 3, and all three shots that he took didn't look like they had a shot of going in. Um, and not only that, just like his general presence on the floor wasn't great. Um, and so I think so. something that, that you mentioned, though, when LeBron's out of the game, our offense is a little bit you know, stagnant. It's a little weird. Um, I think we need to do a better job of um, establishing Anthony Davis in those moments and running the offense through him more, like letting him even handle the ball a little bit at the top of the key. 
when AD or when when LeBron is off the floor. But another thing that happened in this game was Rondo was not great in this game. So Rondo got a lot of minutes. I think defensively he was solid, but he was Vogel still believes in he him. He was turning the ball over. He was nowhere to be found defensively. Like I he he made a lot of fouls um that and a couple of them resulted in and ones. Uh I just, you know, he's got to pick it up because I would rather have Caruso nah. in that game in that moment. Against the uh, Clippers? Yeah, because Caruso can do what Rondo did against Lou Will, which is face guard. Like he can just he can do that and try not to let Lou Williams get the ball. He can do that just as good as Rondo. And point guard-wise, he's at least a viable shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like he, He's not going to sit there and, and, and just jack threes um, and take shots that we are not confident that he can hit. Rondo was getting wide-open looks and taking wide-open jump shots, again, because we he's know never his, been a shooter, historically though. he's not a shooter. No. And so because of that, people can really play off of him, and it's very difficult to have him on the floor without LeBron or without Anthony Davis uh, to attract more attention. It just – in those moments, I get it. I really – I still like Rondo. I think he's going to be value-added for us moving forward. But in this game, I would have loved to see more Caruso uh, out there. I mean, our closing lineup, it was I – was, I kept saying this to, this to the TV in the fourth quarter. Uh, at one point, we had Avery Bradley – Rondo and KCP all on the floor with LeBron and Anthony Davis, which I thought was an interesting lineup. KCP had some nice plays, though. He did fine. Mm-hmm. I think he played well in he this did. game. I think he played well. He played hard defense, which mm-hmm. is all we really needed out of him. Um, but with that lineup, I was like, what are we doing? Like, why is Danny Green not in the game? I, at the TV, I was just screaming, where is Danny Green? Where is Danny Green? Where is Danny Green? Because we were too small to guard Kawhi or Paul George with that lineup on the floor. And that was a, when you guys were starting to come back in that fourth, uh, Rondo had made a foul again and put the guy to the free throw line, and then he finally subbed him out and brought in Danny Green to close the game. And that's w- that's what we needed because Danny, even though he was a zero offensively, is still six seven and is still a viable defender and and a former teammate of Kawhi's. Do you think that Do you think that uh, going into the game, Vogel and the Lakers had a plan for Avery Bradley? Because I felt that like out of his twenty four points, there was like sixteen that were set for him. The high screen and roll. Get the fucking ball at the pinch, fifteen feet out. Yeah. It was basically the out of the Chris we Paul run, play. We run those plays for him, right? And it's money. Yeah. It was money. That it, again, watch. I've watched Avery Bradley a lot in my yeah. life. So yeah, uh, yes. So similar to the way that like you guys get Paul George started in the first, mm-hmm. we run plays for Avery Bradley and for KCP when they come in in the beginning of the game for those little mid range uh, shots coming off a screen, right? Uh, where they catch it and they're just kind There's of, a lot of space in the rhythm. Too. And Avery's great at those shots. I, I think definitely that's a part of the game plan. What wasn't was him just going on catching fire and hitting three after three because he's a, he's an okay three point shooter, and but ju- he's not he's not great. No, nah, but I'll take him. I'll, absolutely, I'll, absolutely. I'll, especially if he's feeling it like that. Right. Like yes, give give him the ball. Let's let him shoot the threes. Uh, but that wasn't planned for. That was just us riding the hot hand and literally relying on him to score. To in have moments. a big night. Yeah, when we needed him, we really needed him so to step if, up. So the way I look at this, well, first of all, uh, Javale and D. Howard barely played. I think they played a combined yeah. eleven minutes. Yeah, Javale. Um, Javale did. He had five points in twelve minutes. Okay. And uh, Dwight Howard only played six minutes. Okay, so 18, zero points. Eighteen minutes between the both of them. So they played. They definitely went small ball. Yeah, if you want absolutely. to call small ball, right? And I don't even know what we're calling small ball anymore. Well, yeah, you know it, what I'm yeah. saying. Like if Zubak is small ball at seven feet, like I, I just don't. Well, no, but Zub only played 13 minutes. Yeah. So I mean, the reason that it is small ball because <clears throat> Trez was in the game for 34 minutes. Yeah. He played. He played more minutes other than Kawhi and Paul George than anybody else on the team for you guys, and that's why it was small ball. So we did. We said, "Fuck it!" Like we can. We can handle that. AD can match up nicely there. Um, <clears throat> we're, we have one more game that we match up against before the playoffs come. And I think that, again, is going to be a really pivotal game. Going into the playoffs going into that the play- game. Literally, yes. yes. And I think even more than that, like something I wanted to definitely talk about was like LeBron's mindset for this. If you recall on the Christmas game, Pat Bev, you know, swiped away the shot that LeBron was going to take. And I think since then has been kind of talking a lot of shit, or at least LeBron perceives him as talking a lot of shit about how he can – you know, defend LeBron, and it was very clear that LeBron was not having any of that shit tonight. Was pushing him around, letting him know, you know, I'm six nine, two seventy, dude. You're you're a little guy. I love your heart, but I can literally move you when I want to. You know, all these little weird exchanges that were happening in, in during fouls as LeBron's going to the free throw line, or this as they're Pat trying Bev, to get. Oh, no, I totally get that. Yeah. That's Pat Bev, but LeBron usually doesn't respond like that. 
Very rarely does LeBron actually shove a guy out of the way during a dead ball where someone's trying to poke the ball away. He he definitely was there to to remind people and remind Pat. Yes, you you might have stolen the ball away and and won the game for the Clippers on Christmas Day, but I haven't forgot about it, and you can't touch me. I definitely don't think that. And this is for Clipper Nation right now. I definitely don't think that this was a statement game as far as like if if the Clippers won by 30, it would have been a fucking statement game. Like, holy shit, fully healthy. The Clippers, they are that squad. Uh, If the Lakers won by 30, I would have been like, holy shit, the Lakers are that good and they're that much better. I just feel as a Clipper fan, look, of course, I'm upset, Drew. Of course, I wanted to win the game, but I'm not upset to the fact like, okay, well, if we're going to lose. I'm fine that we lost like that. I wish we had a better shooting night. Yeah. The Clipper Nation, if you're listening to me, we're 10 and 1 fully healthy. One loss to the Lakers. We're standing strong at the second spot, not that strong game, game and a half right now. Well, um, Denver's looking weak as shit. They are. They're looking really weak. I think what we need to focus on as as Clipper fans and for the Clippers is again health. Right? Let's we we play Golden State tonight. Let's not go back into our routine of playing a really big game at a high level and then going into Golden State and fucking kicking the bucket. And not bringing it. <clears throat> right. Lou Williams is sitting out tonight. I don't know what's up with Kawhi. Kawhi's on zero minutes restrictions. Like he can play as much as he wants. Paul George is I, I really feel the Clippers need to use Paul George more. I feel that the Clippers need to really realize how offensively talented this guy is and how easy it is for him to score buckets. I agree. Nothing is hard for this guy. You really should have kept feeding him in the in the third and fourth. I mean, he still ended up with 31 points in this game. He right. played great. Right. But he had 19 at half. Right. So, like, I think he was primed for a 40-point night, easy. and I really think you should have leaned on him a little bit more. That was weird to me. And it. I think there's still – for as many games as they've played, they're still kind of figuring out that hierarchy, right? right? Like there was definitely a sense in the fourth quarter that you guys were trying to feed Kawhi and Paul George was, George was kind of an afterthought. And then he would get the ball and he had another shot that, that, that back and forth kind of needs to be established. And I think you need to go with the hot hand. I think we, I'm with you on that. And I just think that we're still trying to figure it out again. Like, okay, if we're, if we're holding down the second spot with the second best record in the West, Paul George has missed 22 games. Kawhi has been out 13 games. We've only been a full healthy squad for 11 games. Like, let's go with these next 18 going into the playoffs. And I've said this all year, dude. All I really fucking care about is how we're going into the playoffs. Have I not said that the whole year? I didn't necessarily say we needed the second spot. Um, The first spot is going to be locked down by the Lakers. I think we we need to hold down that second spot. I think the NBA wants us to hold down that second spot so we can hopefully – They want the matchup in the Western Conference. Right, and it'll it'll be insane. But I think think you should be – you and the Lakers should be happy with that win. Definitely. They needed that. Yep. They wanted that. They, uh, and the Clippers shouldn't shouldn't be upset at the loss. That's right. what I'm saying. Is like yeah. it's it. I don't feel it's that big of a deal. We got to move on. Well, there's one other thing. There's there, well, there's two things that I want to bring up here. Ooh, this looked uh, again like a very heavily attended Laker. Of fan, course, more so than Clipper fans. Where are you team. at, Clipper Nation? Uh, that's something that I was a little. I'm not worried about I it. I was this surprised is... by how many Lakers showed up to this game. How many Laker fans? Showed you up said to this it game. on the last show, though, on our Patreon podcast. Definitely, one hundred percent. It's thirty to one in L.A. for Lakers to Clippers fans. We know that, and we know that probably if we play in the play, if we play, God willing, we play in the Western Conference Finals. It's going to be like that every night. It might be. It it, it will be. There yeah. will never be a Clipper home game where there will be more Clipper fans than Lakers. And that's pretty shitty. It's fucked up. That's fucked up. It that is. Means we have a seven game. Home court advantage. If in you that, want to say it that. like that's fine, because then our fans are there more. more but we so got dogs, that. dude, and you we do. got dogs who embrace that and like that, and I'm fine with that. We don't got any sensitive dudes that are going to call out fans and be like, "Where are our fans at?" Ne- never has any Clipper. I mean, maybe it's happened in the past. Actually, I think it's happened in the Lob City days, where it's like, really, like, where are our fans at? Yeah, and I'm with it. Yeah. I think this might be the first time ever that Kawhi and Paul George are experiencing something like this. This doesn't happen in most NBA franchises. This doesn't happen in most professional sports. It's very rare to have you know two two teams like this in the same city. Two with, great teams yeah. in the same so building. I think the thing that I was trying to say is like I don't know. We know that the dogs on your team can handle that shit. This is the first time Paul George and Kawhi are seeing something like this, and they might be thinking to themselves. 
Wait, why did I sign with the Clippers again? We don't even I don't have think, a fan I base. I think you're being. That's, I, it's, a, it's something to throw out there. I, you can throw it out. I don't. I think they. I knew. don't think that's the case. But no, it, it, I think it's that something going that can be considering. In, no, I, of course yeah. they're not fucking blind. Right. You you hear the boos and you hear the the applauses and, and mind you, LeBron James is the biggest athlete on the planet. We do have a very loyal fan base that is is a fraction of what y'all guys quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, you guys need to show up to these games though. I, I'm very, I'm calling Clipper Nation yeah, out. Important, yeah. I am. It is important. It is very important. And maybe Laker fans can afford the tickets more than the Clipper fans. I don't think that's something that that Kawhi or Paul George brings up when he goes home to his wife. Like, you know, I really wish there were more fans. They don't fucking care about that. Cool. I think guys like Pat Beverly thrive on it. Ooh, boo me. Please boo me. Russell Westbrook is a guy that loves to get booed. Yeah. LeBron James loves to get booed, right, you know? Right. Even though I don't know how you can boo this man. Very, I don't think too many people boo him. No, they, uh, I mean... It's rare. There's hate. Well, they're not haters anymore. Well, I know. Right. I know. Most of the most of the people that booed him were Laker fans, and right. now you're now now they're doing nothing but praising. Absolutely. Three years ago, you were telling me that LeBron couldn't hold Kobe's nutsack, and now <laughs> and now he's your he's your savior. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. see that shit, and I don't forget it. But I get what you're saying. I want Clipper Nation to step up a little more. Last piece, uh, Kuzma. He led defensively. The, led led the entire game in rebounds. Had ten rebounds. He's not getting the ball as much. He's not shooting as much. But this kid is actually playing some pretty good defense, and he's still trying to bring some value every time he's on the floor. Those 10 rebounds that he got, all of them were very important rebounds. Uh, so I want to tip the cap to the kid who only got eight points but got 10 boards. Shout out to you, Kuz. I'm I'm with you on that, and I'll tip my cap too because it, like a guy like Pat Beverly, it's about the intangibles, and it's about making every one of your minutes work. And for the benefit of your team. And I think he had, I think there was a conversation that had to be made with whether his agent or LeBron or somebody where it's like, look, there's going to be literally no plays run for you, like run for you. Like we're not going to run this play for Kuzma, but if you can give us energy and effort, like I bring up all the time, you're going to be able to get your shine. And that's the thing is like with these moments, he's going to get his shots. He got his shots up, he but did. he didn't get that many shots, but he got some shots up and they just, they weren't falling that much for him that, that, that night against the Clippers. But there's going to be nights where he's the one that goes for 24 points and Avery Bradley has eight points. Um, and he's the one that we're praising in, in along this path. So I just want him to be locked I'm in with and with the squad. And I'm just happy that he's, he's actually still out there rebounding the ball as a six, nine forward. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Can we take a break right quick? All right, Clips and Drew Nation. If you love the follow-through with Clips and Drew, this podcast that you listen to every single week, you got to check us out on Patreon and listen to our exclusive load management podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get an extra exclusive podcast every single week that we bring to you on Saturdays. It's that simple. Go to patreon.com backslash Clips and Drew. Again, that's patreon.com backslash Clips and Drew. Get with the program. All right, so one player I want to bring up, Drew. It's been catching my eye. I know everybody wants to talk about Zion. Everybody wants to talk about Jason Tatum. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, Ja, all these dudes. And for the past week or so, we brought it up on the uh, Load Management Podcast, available on Patreon. You guys should all subscribe. Is Since they've been getting a lot of nationally televised games, I've been watching a lot of the Pelicans, right? And as much as I love Brandon Ingram, that was my all-star pick this year. I love Zion. But I've been watching Lonzo, like, religiously. And he's finally coming into his own. He's doing everything that Laker fans, you guys, hoped he would be for the Lakers. But unfortunately, that didn't turn out. We all knew that once this guy got a little bit of leeway and a little bit of space, that this guy could actually create and do some pretty amazing things. And if he's not on the most perfect team for Lonzo, I don't know who would be. But... I want to read some numbers, all right? I want to talk about Lonzo's last five games. 18, 16, 25, 26, and 19. Field goal percentage, 53.5%. Three-point percentage, 51.2%. Almost eight assists a game in those last five games. And I know you can say, well, it's only been five games. But there's other intangibles. And I told Drew this, and we didn't mention it on, on the last show, but there are... There were some close games where where Lonzo was literally didn't even hesitate, pull up to take the three, walk into a, to an eighteen foot jumper and pull it. And I'm just seeing this confidence le- level with Lonzo and the alley oops and the the outlet passes. I think he's finally getting the, like this vibe. 
with his squad where I think we're seeing that like Lonzo might be that guy. Yeah, this is great. This is fantastic. This is exactly what I saw in Lonzo coming out of uh, Chino Hills High School and then UCLA for a year. Um, this guy is is a team player. Like he literally doesn't want the spotlight. He wants less of the spotlight. He wants to just play basketball the way that he likes to play and have fun and try and win games. And and he plays so hard. I mean, that's the one thing about the guy. He might be calm. He might not say a lot. He might not have the most charismatic personality. On Instagram, it seems like he does. He's a, he's a fucking rapper and stuff. But, you know, when you see him, like, he usually just has kind of a deadpan face. He's very rarely, you know, emotionally high or low. He's kind of even keeled. But when, when you talk about the, the way that he's been playing right now, he's finally hitting the stride and playing at the level that he was when he was an All-American, when he was, you know, the number two overall draft pick when the Lakers valued him at that level. To give you guys some history really quick, Drew and I's first podcast was Lonzo's Draft. The Draft. If I'm not mistaken. That that day, episode number one was Lonzo's Draft. Lakers took him, and we both had a little – we were reserved a little bit as to, like – you know, that was kind of high for him. I thought it was high for him. You really wanted Tatum. Well, that's the problem is that Tatum was third in that draft. Yes. Fultz goes first, then Lonzo, then Tatum. Of course I wanted Tatum. But we have, at that time, we had Ingram. So I get why we didn't, you know, it, we didn't take the, the same approach that Boston did because they already had uh, Jalen Brown. Like, we didn't take that same approach that says, well, guess what? In today's NBA, it's cool if you have multiple six nine wings on the floor right it would have been great i I still i mean that haunts me a little bit uh the fact that danny ainge got away with trading the first the first pick overall he's so good it's it's phenomenal so good and so yeah the tip of the cap to danny ainge you Mm. fucker um but lonzo is shooting from the field this season uh from the from three-point land 38.3 percent which is up from 34, his career stats in, in the last two seasons. Changed his shot. Last two seasons, he was uh, with the Lakers. His field goal percentage was from three was at 30% his rookie year and 33% his second year. So he's on a progression here. Uh, I think one key number to, to kind of give you an understanding of why we think this kind of atmosphere is better for him with less pressure is free throws. I was going to bring that up. Drew, you're bringing my point. I'm, good. I'm glad that we're on the same page. He's shooting, I mean, a terrible... 57 percent from free throw line this year but it is significantly better last year he was at 41 percent from the free throw can line. i tell you why though please because he only he my only note on this was he needs to work on getting to the line he's taking two free throws a night right two he's getting to the line on average 2.2 times a night right he needs to be more aggressive on offense it'll definitely boost up even if you're shooting 50 fucking percent which is horrible lonzo from a point guard perspective it's i mean dismal who is the worst point guard free throw shooter of all time oh i don't we, know i would like to look it that would up. have to be like like back in the days where the guys weren't shooting like regular shots this is horrible yeah it's bad and maybe it's because he's changed his shot and now the free throw is a little fucked up or well, no, but it's better it's so much better is, now than it was i mean he was at literally 41 percent that's horrible and now he's at 57 so like 57 is is andre drummond members but we're in but th- he's at least significantly better than what he was it, and, and free throws are always a great correlation to to figure out either how comfortable a player is with the spotlight on him and the ball in his hand and nothing else is happening like that is a very odd like for those people that didn't play the game everything stops and most times it's dead fucking quiet and everything is revolving around you, everyone looking at you. I mean, look, we talk about LeBron James's problem at the free throw line. He's fixing that. That's something I wanted to bring up, too, in that, in that game, game recap. LeBron has slowed down his free throws. I don't know if you they noticed take, that. They take forever, bro. He's, he's, I, I timed six of them. How, how long? And, and on four of them, he went over seconds. 10 seconds. No way. Yes, on four of them, he was at the 11 or 12 so second long. mark. Um, so, but it's that. helping him because he's gathering himself. Right. He's, he's calming himself down, not rushing and shooting. You do have time at the free throw you line. You have 10 seconds, and he's taking all of them. <laughs> right. But this situation that Lonzo ended up in, unfortunately for him, is not as good as, as if he could have stayed with the Lakers and played with LeBron, even though I think he's a better version, a better, a better younger version of what Rondo brings to the table, where he ended up out, out of all of this, being in New Orleans and playing with literally the perfect player for him in Zion and the perfect system under Alvin Gentry, allowing him to run, perfect, run the show, get up the floor and sprint as hard as you can, fire up a, a, a three-quarter court lob that's pin perfect. Yeah. His passing is phenomenal. It's like Kevin Love, Bill Walton outlet type shit. Yeah. And LeBron did one the other night too. Yep. It's like LeBron as well. Yeah. What 
my whole point of this and something that I've tried to nail in to almost every one of our topics when we're talking about young players is this shit takes time, dude. We knew Lonzo was smart enough to deal with this shit. You Definitely. just need time. Yeah. Philadelphia giving up on Markel Fultz. It's about being Way in the right quick. situations, yeah. right? Yeah. And this, what my whole point in this is this is a great situation for Lonzo. It, it's going to go nothing but up, I feel, with yeah. the Pelicans. The trajectory is there. Uh, he's averaging essentially 12.7 rebounds, 7 assists. And that's, that's so how could you great. not want that? His overall plus minus for the season is plus 28. Right. And his last two years, he was plus and minus 12 and minus 16. Granted, that was the Lakers tanking a lot of that. But still, like, he is a very valuable player on a team that, that absolutely needs his, his type of skill set. They need guys. Uh, they need a guy like him that is cool with letting Drew Holiday get up twenty shots, and all he wants to do is throw as many lobs to Zion as possible. And he doesn't have to be the guy taking the shot at the end of the game, but he can. Yes. What I'm saying is, and the he should confidence. want to now. Yes. The, yeah, the confidence. Like yes, yes, yeah. That's all I'm seeing is the confidence, and this the confidence in basketball and in sports and in life in general comes with repetition and being in those situations and I don't think uh, Zion's going to be the guy taking the three I think Ingram wants to be the guy taking the three but but uh, Drew can do it it was those it was those those buckets leading up to having to take those threes that Lonzo looked very comfortable yeah. taking and I noticed that and I had to write it down yeah. so Lonzo shout out to you next level stuff for him obviously nailed down the free throws continue to shoot confidently from three but it's it's the attacking the rim that's still to the free throw line. that's where he's losing points because if he was getting to the line even though he's terrible at shooting free throws he's going to actually get some and ones what's in his there. assist right now he said seven seven, seven so say he gets to 18 and seven and yes, seven that's what I'm like saying. that is all-star numbers yep. and that's just you getting to the line twice and three it's so, it's it's him also being able to to say that he doesn't have to default to the lob every time. He is athletic. Right. The guy is six foot six. He can jump. He right. can dunk on people. He doesn't seem to try that very often anymore. Uh, but I think that's the next thing. He's got to continue to get stronger because at his size, he's still a little thin. Mm -hmm. He's still he's like wiry. He's smaller. He's strong, but he's right. very thin still. So I think progressively, he's going to get a little bit bigger, a little stronger. And the next progression, obviously, the easiest thing for him to do is start trying to finish at the rim better. Do you think he could be anywhere? And I know this might be a jump, but like Zach Levine came in kind of looking just like Lonzo as far as skinny. I mean, Zach is freakishly athletic and one of the one of the best top ten guys in the NBA that can create his own shot. Like Zach Levine can do everything. Yeah. But can Lonzo? Is he too small? I just his game is he just doesn't want that. He right. doesn't want to shoot the ball 18 20 times a game. He doesn't want to. Right. He he can and there's nights where I hope he does because he's on fire and like I hope he gets to you know that 30 40 point mark where he has one of these games where he just blows everybody out of the water and hits nine threes or whatever. Mm. Um but I don't think he ever really wants to be that guy. I think I I really do. I think he sees himself kind of akin more to the Chris Paul like where I think that 18 and like maybe 10 assists 18 and 12 assists is like the peak that form great peak form for Lonzo and that's really what Chris is it was when he was at his peak was when, when he was averaging you know 19 points and 12 assists a game um, you know obviously Chris is a significantly better basketball player <laughs> I'm not trying to say Even that. right now you know, definitely 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 but I'm just saying like that kind of mentality and that kind of stat line I think is the ceiling for him and I, and I think he's he loves that I think Having him be at like that 18 point, even 18 seems a lot too, like 15 points, you know, nine and nine or eight and eight, like, then that's cash. I think that's a really good comparison because now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, when Chris came into the NBA, he had uh, a spry Tyson Chandler, you know what I mean? Like, he had dudes he could throw it up to. J.R. Smith, like a, a couple different other dudes. I think, I just think that this situation with Ingram, Lonzo, Zion, Drew, even the Derek Favors, who I really like. They just need another guy. Um, but I want to see where Lonzo goes next year. He's yep. another guy. I want to see him improve. He's going to be there. Yes. He's going to stay in New Orleans. Um, and hit, hit, the connection with him and Zion has the potential, like, again, this is going to sound weird, but it has the potential to be kind of like a Penny and Shaq. GP and Sean? GP and Sean. That's yeah. a, that's probably better. That's mm -hmm. actually that's better mm -hmm. because it's not – it's not Penny and Shaq because Lonzo's woefully worse than Penny Hardaway was. <laughs> but but he is. I think Gary Payton's a great. That's a, that's a great comparison. Pride himself right there. on so defense. Payton, yeah, Payton and Kemp back in New Orleans. So Lonzo, keep doing your thing. Drew, I got something to bring up. What is it? 
I posted on our page, and I, I promised this dude I'm going to give him his own segment. This is one of our favorite guys, okay? Yeah. Our boy, Art by Kevin. Oh, shit. Okay. The mo- Probably one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen. Yeah. I've never met him in my life. Please but we've check out his Instagram. It's he- impressive. Unbelievably impressive. This dude's talent needs to be shown to the world. Um, so there's this Draymond, Chuck, Charles Barkley beef that's been going back and forth for years. Now. Years. Like and five years. For whatever reason. I don't know what started it all. I don't know either. It was a comment. And we know we know Draymond is a little sensitive when people pick on him a little <laughs> bit. He loves to be the bully but hates to get bullied a little bit. Sure. Okay? So Chuck made the comment earlier in the season like, yo, that was great. Draymond had the triple single. Yeah. Which is probably the best quote of the year. Hilarious. Okay? Triple single for Draymond. Draymond did not like that. <laughs> and then Draymond came, fired back at him, like, yo, I'm going to come and take his job. Draymond, you will not take his job. Uh, and then Chuck came out, like, yesterday or whatever and said, Draymond, you know, I really respect Draymond. I like Draymond. He's he's like the worst member in a boy band. He's like, <laughs> did you see this quote? Yeah. He said, this. you were like the, the lost, forgotten guy in a boy band. You know, you think everybody's cheering for you, but they're really looking at Justin Timberlake. And I loved the comparison. Yeah, I really did. That was great. Great analogy, Chuck. And so I posted that on our page, and it's been going really well. And then our boy, Art by Kevin, said that I know 10 to 20 players in the NBA right now that will have a better career than Charles Barkley. Bullshit. Bullshit. And I lost my shit, okay? <laughs> and I, I, I went right at him, and I said, you know what, Kevin? I'm dedicating a whole segment to you tonight. And so I'm about to do that right now, Drew. Okay. Numbers don't lie do they drew no all right i'm gonna give you chuck numbers and accolades and then i'm gonna give you draymond green stats okay and first i'm gonna start with charles barkley listed at 6-6 but played the power forward at a 6-4 maybe yeah 6-4 at that 6-5 at that at best in shoes thank you drew 15 years in the nba career average 22 and 12 okay points per game Starting from his rookie season, what he averaged, okay? 14, 20, 23, 28, 26, 25, 27, 23, 25, 21, 23, 23, 19, 15, 16, 14, okay? It's a nice arc. Besides his rookie year, every single year he averaged over 10 rebounds a game. Wow. Every when he was thirty six, going up against six ten seven footer Tim Duncan. Okay, <laughs> now mind you, his last his last season he played twenty twenty games. Sure. Until he was thirty six, he averaged over ten points a game, my, or ten rebounds a game, minus his rookie season where he had uh, eight point five. Playing with our boy uh, Leon Wood and Moses and Moses freaking Malone. He's gonna garb, He's gonna grab most. Most of them. Most Moses of, used to throw it up to himself and get the double rebound. Okay, <laughs> rebounding. Rebounding numbers, average per year, starting with his rookie year. I'm going to give this to you. 8.6, 12.8, 14.6, 11.9, 12.5, 11.5, 10, 11, 12.2, 11.2, 11.1, 11.6, 13.5, 11.7, 12.4, 10.5. Wow. Career, 54.1% field goal percentage. Career, 73.5% from the free throw line. And I want you to hold on to this, Drew. Hold on to the 54.1% field goal percentage. Because we're going to revisit that in a minute. Kevin, are you listening? MVP, 19. I'm going to do accolades now. MVP, 1993. 11-time All-Star. All-Star MVP. Five-time All-NBA first team. Five-time All-NBA second team. One time All NBA third team. Let me turn my page. All NBA rookie team, first team. Led the league in rebounds, 1987. His numbers retired by Philly and the Suns and Auburn. Two time Olympic gold with the Dream Team, 92 and 96. And on that iconic 1992 NBA Dream Team, he led the Dream Team in scoring 18 points per game. While shooting seventy one percent, did you guys did, did you guys hear those numbers, Drew? Did you hear those numbers? I heard those. Now let me talk about Draymond Green. While he is very well respected and has had a very good NBA career, 
This is not me dogging Draymond at all. But there's just some times where you need to keep your fucking mouth shut. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, Draymond, you're talking about a guy that plays your same position. An undersized 4-5. Right? Charles Barkley was the first one to be the undersized 4-5. So let me give Draymond's accolades. Three-time NBA champ. We all know that. Three-time All-Star. Cool. All-NBA second team once. All-NBA third team once. Defensive player of the year, 2017. That's dope. Three-time NBA all-defensive first team. That's great. Five, five-time all-defensive. Nope. Hold on. Let me finish. Three-time all-NBA all defensive first oh, team. first team. Two-time all-NBA second team. Defensive team. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Steals leader, 2017. That's a good one. That's really interesting. That's part of the defensive uh, player of the year that year. Career. Nine points, 6.9 rebounds, five assists. Decent. Pretty good. 43.5% field goal percentage, 31% from the three. Those are his accolades and his numbers. There's quite a discrepancy. It really is. And (laughs) what did I say I want to come back to? Field goal percentage. 54% from Chuck. 54.1% from Chuck. Let me name a couple players. Michael Jordan, career, field goal percentage, 49.7%. Who's the greatest uh, power forward of all time? Tim Duncan. 50.6% on a career average of 19 and 11. Who's the second, if not Chuck? I'm drawing a blank here. Carl Malone. Oh, yeah, of course. Carl Malone. (laughs) Forgot about that guy. 51.6% field goal percentage. The only two players, the only one player that was close close to Charles Barkley Kareem, 24.6 points a game, 11.2 rebounds, 55.9% field goal percentage. That's Kareem. Wow. The only guy close right now, Anthony Davis, 24, 10, and shooting 51% from the, from the field. That's pretty good. Kevin, listen to me. When you say Charles Barkley is not top 50, you're playing yourself, homie. You are literally playing yourself. Numbers don't lie. Chuck has the right to say whatever he wants to any other player. Mind you, I know we put so much into the championships. I get it. Sure. Rings mean a lot. Yeah. And Chuck was there all the fucking time. He was, he was there a lot. Unfortunately, he went up against a prime Michael Jordan every single year. And won an MVP. Won an MVP. While Michael Jordan was in the league. Thank you. So. <laughs> So I'm sorry for taking that over a little too much, no. but I just feel that like a lot of people are are seeing Chuck on TV right. and they're like, well, who, who is this guy talking about anything? Those numbers are absolutely insane. Yep. Absolutely. It's like if PJ Tucker started averaging 12, 22 and, and 12. Thank you, Drew. PJ <laughs> Tucker is the same size as, as, as Charles Barkley going against some of the best players ever to play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going against Carl Malone prime going against Michael Jordan prime. He got, had to guard Michael Jordan. He wasn't guarding Luke Longley. <laughs> he was the one having to guard him. So I just feel that people jump the gun way too much. You need to dis, uh, disassociate yourself with your personal feelings towards players. You may not like the player. He may, have di- he may have done you wrong, but you have to respect their body of work. And to say that Chuck is not top 50, you're crazy. And if you can name 10 players right now with better numbers career-wise after 16, holler at me, bro. And I'll guarantee you, t- I'll tell you something, it ain't fucking Draymond Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think the the key point there is that that one thing that you brought up about Anthony Davis, right? Um, Anthony Davis is definitely one of the best players in the NBA. Um, definitely one of the best power forwards of his generation. Possibly, if he continues on this path of this of these career numbers and continuing to grow and impress upon those, could potentially dethrone players like Dirk and Tim Duncan and Karl Malone. And Charles Barkley as the best power forward ever. He's not even at Charles Barkley's numbers. But even compared to Kareem, like Anthony Davis and Kareem, yeah. career numbers. Kareem, and mind you, career Kareem played 20 years in the NBA. Yeah. But Kareem's 24.6, 11.2, shooting 55.9%. Let's just say 56%. Sure. Anthony Davis is at 24, same. 10, he's a rebound under, and 51%. Yeah. So 
I, I, I just and, and those are not even the same numbers that Charles no. put up for his career. So I think that's like that's pretty resounding. Seventy three percent from the line too. Yeah, I think I think you're you're you hit the nail on the head when it's just easy for for us to only look at Charles as a chubby donut, personality, chubby donut eating personality on television. And I, you know what? I think it's great that he's on television. I love him going back and forth with Ernie and and Shaq. He's going he's, to the Hall of Fame for television too. Yeah, he's he has the his second career as this broadcasting has been just as impressive, if not more impressive, than his first career as an NBA player. So I love Charles Barkley. I love listening to him. I love that he riles shit up and he's not afraid to call out players that sometimes need to be called out. You mentioned Draymond's numbers. Nine points, six rebounds, five assists, or something like that for his career. This season, the season that he was the only healthy star for the Warriors team, he's averaging eight points a game in a season where literally he could have, if he wanted to, shot the ball every time. He should be trying to score more points and develop his offensive game and is literally having a career worse. He should be shooting to be Charles Barkley. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. My whole point is like I don't know why Draymond is taking these uh, – these. he's being sensitive, extremely sensitive on this subject. When in actuality – and Draymond's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. He's very meticulous. He's very particular about uh, you know what to say, when to say it. I, can, I think Draymond's very aware of the things he says and how he's going to piss people off. But – and you know, I'm 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 kind of I I really don't like when old school players compare themselves to new school players. I really don't because it's different eras and whatnot. Right. But there are certain players: Michael, Shaq, Charles, Carl, uh, fucking Isaiah Thomas. These guys can actually say, "Dude, I would give everybody all here of buckets. buckets. Every one of them buckets." Yeah. Imagine Charles Barkley on the Warriors team, <laughs> that playing the Draymond Green role. Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, bro, can I bring a Charles Barkley in his best year? I think it was 26, 28 and 14, 28 and 14. That's insane. Taking a Phoenix Suns team with Dan Marley, Danny Ainge, Kevin Johnson, Joe Klein, fucking uh, 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 Oliver Miller. Okay. Taking them to the finals. Unfortunately, he had to see a prime Michael Jordan, but don't come at me with some bullshit. Cause you don't like the guy. Uh, come at me with numbers and you just got the numbers. So if that, this is my thing for Kevin. If those numbers don't give you a first ballot hall, he said this too in our text. He said, eh, first ballot hall of fame, eh, like, eh, not too sure. <laughs> if Dwight Howard is supposedly a first ballot hall of fame player, get the fuck out of here, bro. Get the fuck out of here. I got, I got to shut you down on that, Kevin, and I love you. But I'm taking Charles Barkley prime. I'm taking fucking year 14 Charles Barkley <laughs> over Draymond Green right, right now. Yeah. And Draymond Green, mind you, would be an average player. I don't know if he'd be in the NBA if he was on any other different team. And Jeff Compton can be mad at me with that comment too. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Is I, Draymond better than Montrez Harrell? No. Defensively, yes. You think? He does he does a lot. I think he's better than Charles Barkley defensively. I think he does a lot. He did win a defensive player of the year. And he's, yeah, five time all defensive team. So I, I think the one thing that Draymond does have on some of these guys that we brought up is that aspect. But how and many so, how many people besides Michael Jordan sure. have been first team all I think Kobe got it too. Kobe first, got a bunch. Uh, first, first team, team all, all defense. and offense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's very rare to get both those right. accolades. It's it's easy to forget that, you know, these guys that are talking heads now were dominating NBA games. Um, in in ways that we had never seen before, like like you said, Charles was undersized significantly, and nobody else was playing power forward at that size. Everybody else, his side was a guard. This is when power forward meant something. Like you're playing a power forward. You have to post up. You now have to guard the, the post. Now it's the four. Stretch four. That's all we call it. Is the four now? Yeah, it's mostly stretch four now. Porzingis <laughs> is a fucking. Four. Is a four. <laughs> so okay. I just I think I think the thing that I'll say for sure is that yes, Draymond Green defensively. 
uh, is dynamic and and was a huge part of the success of the Warriors. And I, I his numbers fall short of his value. Same thing that you say about Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. Those numbers fall short of the value that these guys bring to the table. And it's and I would say at times is irreplaceable. Yes, you cannot replace Draymond Green and still expect to win all those games yep. that the Warriors did. But when we're talking about comparing one guy to the next, it's pretty obvious that the discrepancy between what Draymond Green has done in his career, numbers wise. Mm-hmm. Is anywhere near what Charles Barkley did. Minus the chips. Right. And and, and and again, Charles never had you just mentioned his squad that he was in the finals with. Yeah. Charles never had Steph or even a fucking I mean, Dan Marley, I guess is kinda like Clay Thunder a little Dan. bit, yeah. but but so I mean It's a, Dan Marley. It's yeah, it's Dan Marley, right? Exactly. So like he didn't have Kevin Durant on his team mm-hmm. with all these other guys, and so I think for that reason it's it's pretty clear. Uh, unless Draymond Green goes on a tear and starts averaging 15 rebounds a never. game, those career numbers are never going to be these kind of numbers. And I think Draymond is going to be struggling to get into the Hall of Fame. Not Definitely not first ballot. He's going to be struggling. In, I mean, shit, we, we always talk about the NBA Hall of Fame. Yep. Well, it's, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, it's very easy to get into, right? Dwight Howard's going to be in it. Right, for I sure. don't think he's going to be first ballot. Dwight Howard's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Mitch Richmond is in the Hall of yeah. Fame. Like, there's guys that have gotten in there. You're like, that's okay. a good one to bring up though, too. I sure. can bring up Mitch Richmond's numbers, yeah. which are great. Yeah, he his career 19 points a game. Is that what it is? I believe it's like 19.3 or okay, something. Okay, that's like that. great points a game, which the is fantastic. Rock. Yeah, and he and but that's always kind of like what we say is like most of the time you're going to get in. But I don't think Draymond Green's a Hall of Fame player with his resume right now. Like, isn't Aaron Gordon right now a 20 point right. a game? Is player, Robert right? Ori a Hall of Fame player? Because if Robert Ori is a Hall of Fame player, then sure, Draymond Green deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but, Dra- but Robert... Is Steve Kerr a okay, Hall of Fame this, player? Okay, this is a whole other pod. <laughs> this is a whole other pod, and I think this would be great cool. segment for that. I really do. I think it would be that. Uh, one more note that I want to bring about about Draymond. You will never take Charles Barkley's TV job either. That is a oh, horrible take. No. That is worse <laughs> than your take about him playing. Okay? <laughs> Yeah, he, he brought up something about money, like he didn't make enough money in his career, so he needs to do TV. Charles, Chuck is fine. He's his net worth is forty million right now. He's doing. He just does fine. a lot for the community. Yes, yeah, so he guys, had some. He had some rough nights at the casinos. Of a course, years back. Of course, but he's reigned that shit under control. What else do you do with all that money? Yeah, him and him and Mike. That's how. That's how they bonded. No, but but the <laughs> NBA doesn't want to talk about Mike's gambling gambling issues. But Draymond, you will never take his TV job. He's solidified that whole Kenny, EJ, Shaq, and Chuck are solidified. They're going into the Hall of Fame together this year. Or next year, whatever it is, if they haven't. No, it's this it's, year. It's this year, yeah. Um, they will be there. So, Draymond, uh, calm your horses. Listen. Sorry, Kevin. Hey, Patreon. We drop an extra episode every single week. Load management. It's fire. Drew seems to like our load management pods well, almost more than these ones. It, they, we've, we've been catching some really good topics on these Saturdays. Yeah. Because right? we're, going, we're going along with what's happening. This right? isn't like... This isn't outtakes. This isn't like stuff we didn't get to touch on this pod. It's what we this missed. This is literally what's happening between right now and Saturday. So we, we are catching some really fire topics on there that we're not necessarily going to cover here because this league is just moving at light speed. Mm-hmm. And it's about supporting your boys, man. We put out the best content every single day. We spend all this time trying to bring you guys the best NBA content, something different than what you're used to seeing on these these mainstream media outlets. We're bringing you the different shit. So please, Patreon backslash Clips and Drew. Uh, you know I'm going to take him out with a fire song. Okay. It's going to be Selena Gomez. Oh. I'm just kidding, bro. Oh, my I'm just God. kidding. <laughs> Come on, bro. You think I'm going to do Selena? Hey, bro, there's some features out there. That could stop. Be like I ain't doing Selena, bro. It could be Selena featuring uh, the baby. No, not the baby. Not the baby. It's going to be Bryson Tiller. Rambo. This is my shit. So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, we're ghosts. Wash your hands, people.
flipping up. What's so is a money counter? I've been getting up. About to pay myself allowance and I save it like the bell. I can't take no more else. The day I sell my soul, that's the day I go to hell. Been putting on the show, just like Dave on Chappelle. They ain't make it in the credits, I'ma tell them, oh well. Tell Steve, don't let no more bitches in the hotel. Niggas gotta get to work, girl, unless you're going twerk song. While I lay this verse on them. Damn, this lifestyle got a lot of perks on it. I'm just saying, nigga. This is not, this is not, this is not. 